Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Wydell, and before we get started, if you want to know exactly how to win again and again, go to WydellOnWinning.com forward slash webinar now to watch something I've put together for you. Now let's get going into this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind. Danielle Oropesa from Parkland, Florida. Nearby is Coral Springs and Boca Raton. If you uh, don't know South Florida, right in the middle of the ghetto of South Florida, <laughs> where all the street crime and tough people live. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, let's talk... Uh, Danielle, and thanks for coming back, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. All right. Well, let's, uh, Danielle was telling me, she sent Omar out of the house so he wouldn't be butting in and answering her questions for her. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be interesting for him to listen to this, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk about, do you ever get the thing, here, here's the thing about, uh, do you ever get the thing about why don't you guys slow down? Uh, why do you keep pushing? Uh, why uh, are you, uh, you know, and they seem to imply it makes, it's almost like it makes them uncomfortable. The fact that you continue to grow and have fun and have adventures and move from, you know, are able to move from one house to another house, you know, to be able to do these things and that things and, and having offices and uh, expanding around the country. And it's almost like they make you feel like something's wrong with you. Do, do you right. get that? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I think that I think a lot of, I think different people get very comfortable at different levels, right? So I think when people see other people that aren't comfortable, even at a much higher level, then that that does make them uncomfortable because then they start to think, okay, well, maybe something is wrong with me because I am comfortable at this level, you know, where we look at it like, you know, you can't do everything that you want to do at that level at 250,000 in income, you know, or it, you know, it's a great living, but you can't live every day with no, uh, you know, worry about money, how much things cost. You can't, you know, take your family wherever you want to go. You can't, um, you can't make all your decisions. I mean, that's what, that's what, to me, that's what all the, the, the growth in income has given us is that we can live our life without really having to think about how much anything costs, you know, and now, and when we were growing in our business, I mean, we, I think that that's what kept us going was that we had such a high level of expectation from the beginning. You know, when we talked about our vision very early on, Omar and I have been married now almost 20 years. And so when we talked about our vision very early on, our vision was very big. Our vision wasn't just to grow a business and make a good living and, you know, live okay. And that wasn't our vision. Our vision was to grow a huge business make a lot of money, be able to affect a lot of people, you know, help a lot of people get to a point where we can, um, 
you know, I mean, we, we give a lot of money to our church, a lot of money to our kids' school. I volunteer a ton of time at the school. Um, you know, so we wanted to get to that level where money just wasn't uh, an obstacle, Yeah. you know? And so that's, that's what's continued to keep us uncomfortable. You know, we're, we're like comfortably uncomfortable, you know, cause we're, you know, of course we're comfortable in our, we have a beautiful house, like the house that we have now is beautiful and it's very comfortable and we love our house. And, but there was an opportunity to buy a house down the street. It's literally down the street. We can walk to the house, to the new house, but it's bigger. And it has a bigger, uh, you know, bigger backyard, a more beautiful pool and has a four car garage. And, you know, we have three. And so it gives Omar and I both like, you know, personal space. We're going to have a gym in our house. We have a sauna in our house, you know, so we saw that opportunity and we were like, well, why not? We've been very, very smart with our money up to, you know, all through our business life. And, um, you know, so now we're at a point where, and we still want more. We still are uncomfortable, you know? Well, talk about the, uh, uh, you guys lived in an apartment for a long time, didn't you? To kind of we just did. focused on building up your nest egg, uh, just so you would have that independence and you wouldn't feel, uh, be under the gun financially. Talk about that. How long did you live in an apartment after you could afford to uh, move out? Yeah, well, we, so when we first got married, Omar owned a townhouse. And so the townhouse was pretty much nothing. I mean, he had bought the townhouse for like $99,000. Yeah. And, um, you know, so our living expenses, home living expenses were very, very low. And um, so we decided to stay in that house and that townhouse for many years. We stayed there several years. We probably were there for like three years, the first three years. And then we were still, you know, we were really, really working. Now we were like, we had gotten into kind of like the peak of our working, uh, the amount of time that we were working. And so our office was about 25 minutes drive from our townhouse. So Omar and I were like, well, if we sell the townhouse, we move into an apartment, we can live right by our office. We'll waste no time driving. You know, we can run home, eat lunch real quick, run back to the office. We don't have to waste time eating out. Um, so we really, we made that conscious decision to, so we lived all together. It was three years in the, the, um, townhouse and two years in an apartment because, so it was five years altogether that we kept our living expenses very, very low. Um, we were actually living in the apartment, making over $800,000 in income, and we had over $2 million saved before we decided to, you know, then we had had Brady. Um, and so really that was kind of like, okay, well, now we have a baby and, you know, we wanted to, uh, my parents lived in Parkland, the townhouse, the apartment was about 45 minutes from where my parents lived. So we lit, we, you know, looked at houses close to my parents. Cause we knew, okay, we have one child. We're going to have another child pretty soon. I wanted to live close to my parents and, um, so that was when we, you know, looked to make the move, but we already had a, a you know, huge foundation under us of, um, you know, money invested and, uh, and our income was really, really great, you know, so we were able to, to look at houses and really get really what we wanted for a house at the time without really worrying about it. And it wasn't, you know, a stress. Well, and, uh, financially. and the thing is that, you know, we don't have to beat it to death, but the deal is that 
you know, you have the nice house. Now you're getting ready to move to another nice house. But your first house was a disaster with the as, asbestos, wasn't it? It was. Is that right. what I remember? Like you finally get like people. You need to know that you're going to have bad things happen to you in life, no matter right. what. And uh, in spite of why you're building, you no, know, because we talked about you know you knocked yourself out. Omar hit the accelerator. Business is growing. Boom, 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 boom. Income's going up. But in the middle of that, you got all kind of problems you got to figure out that not, you know, nightmares that you did not have anything to do with, but it's now it's in your lap. One thing was this house. You buy this great house. Now the thing is asbestos and you got to tear it all out and have a battle with the contractor. And what were you living with your parents for a while or something like that? Or yeah, it was actually like asbestos. It was uh, the drywall. Drywall. Was, the drywall was, yeah, very high in certain chemicals. And so it was actually um, corroding all the copper, all the electrical, all the plumbing, all of our TVs were going bad. Uh, air conditioning was, yeah. So we were living in the house for um, maybe a year and a half because uh, Brady was three and Olivia was uh, like a year and a half. So we were living in the house for a year and a half, two years. And we were like, stuff keeps breaking and this doesn't make any sense. And all our air conditioning units, we're having to replace them. And so, yeah, we, yes, you can make all great decisions and through no fault of your own, you know, things happen. And so we had to, to adjust. Yeah. And life <laughs> goes on. The business goes on. The people in the business, all of that, they could, you know, they're sympathetic, but they could really care less. They still needed to be taken care of, you know, you're, and so now you've got to figure out how to get all of that done and squeeze uh, what you're going to do with the family. You got the baby. And uh, uh, was that, uh, what did you learn from that experience, let's say? Um, I would say we probably learned a couple, couple things. We, we learned definitely to appreciate what we had. Um, you know, you kind of, sometimes you get a little, um, you know, you, you, think like, okay, now we have the big house and we have money coming in and we have, you know, lots of stuff and, and opportunity. And, and so you kind of, there were days probably that we started to take for granted all that we had. And so that really, you know, having to deal with that. And it was kind of, it was a lot all at once, because like I said, we had a three-year-old and a one and a half year old. So I was very overwhelmed okay. with being a mom at that same time. And then, you know, and we're trying to run our business and we're trying to figure out the house and we didn't know what to do um, at first, how to fix it. And so we, we did end up having to gut the entire house. We moved out of the house for two years. Um, and so, and that was, that was something where Omar was very, so we definitely learned, I think we appreciated what we had even more, you know, reminded us to appreciate what we have um, reminded us to be grateful, um, you know, for what we, we, we have and we had. And, um, and then when we were looking at what we should, what, where we should live for those, you know, we didn't know how long it would be that we needed to be out of the house, but we were, we were trying to figure out what to do. And so I said to Omar really wanted to rent a house, um, you know, cause we were making right. the money that wasn't a, you know, financial decision. But I, I said to him, look, you're working a lot. I'm very overwhelmed with two little babies. 
I said, I would really prefer to live with my mom and dad. They live right down the street from our house, five minutes down the street. So it'll be very convenient, easy for Omar to go back and forth because he had to do a lot right. of like the general contractor yeah. overwatch everything. And, you know, so I said, it'll be very easy for you to go back and forth. I won't have to have the stress of moving into a new place and out of a new place and, you know, right. getting the babies. Readjusted. I'll have my mom and dad there to help me. And so that he was very, you know, selfless, uh, unselfish. Right that decision he and, and he you know allowed us to do that um which really made my life a lot easier right. and so i was able to just be a mom and focus on you know taking care of the kids and and really and still be able to help him and and be able to help in the business yeah. and um and so but that that allowed him to you know to still continue to focus on the business as have well have you checked the sheetrock out at your new place <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Fortunately, that house was built after the whole drywall thing. Uh, so okay, think. all right. Like, <laughs> do not get your sheetrock from China. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's how they dispose of their toxic waste. They make they make sheetrock for Americans. <laughs> uh, the thing is that, in terms of your expansion, you know, like you get you work, but people don't understand that are not successful and people who are successful we almost get defensive about staying on the attack and keeping our foot to the accelerator for growth but the thing is what they don't understand you got a lot of people counting on you to perform the bigger you get the more people you can help like you say and uh you know but i you know they the the rich will always be damned to hell you know by the people who are not uh successful and because there are some people that lie, cheat and steal their way there, but they usually blow up, you know, and right. they don't have what you do is. And that's why on this call, I, I'm as I vet it as closely as possible to get people who have been successful for over long periods of time because they have fundamentals and principles. You don't have to have a million of them, but you got to have a few of them to keep yourself on track and keep yourself doing the right things under all kind of situations. Some are opportunities presented to you. The other thing are disasters that drop uh, out of the sky in your lap. But it's the same you that's got to deal with all of those kind of things. And so you want to build that in your team. And because, you know, sooner or later, the disasters are coming and the bigger you are, the more street and the most more momentum you have in the business, the more likely you are to be able to keep rolling through those things. Uh, right. And come out the other side as quick as possible. And the faster you can get through disasters, the less likely you're going to be scarred by them. But when you limp along, it's like every little speed bump uh, on the highway, if you're going five miles an hour, or two miles an hour, that little speed bump might be enough to make you stop. You know, it might not have enough momentum to get over it. But uh, uh, when you grow and you have your momentum, there's challenges for that. But would you say the challenges of growth are not, you know, put you under stress. You got more things to do. You got different situations to do. You're always doing something new that you've never done before because you've had success. But would you say, how would you explain 
the comparison of having to deal with choosing to deal with the problems of growth than the problems of boredom and failure and sliding back and losing momentum and letting uh, you know the good life kind of slip away from you because you took it for granted. Uh, explain that to people or how you look at that. Um, I would say, yeah, you know, giving, being able to always be working towards something and having bigger vision to um, move towards and move forward. You know, you never, you never feel bored. You never feel, and maybe it is uncomfortable at times. Um, actually for me, speaking was very, very uncomfortable. Like when Omar and I first got married, that was kind of the one thing I said to him was, you're good at speaking. I do not like to speak. I don't want to speak. Please don't ask me to speak. I'll do anything else, but I don't want to speak. And I was really petrified to speak in any, even in a small setting. And, um, but, you know, little by little, it's like you, I had to realize in order for me to grow and get better. And in order for, uh, you know, us to grow and get better as a couple and as a team and, and, and grow our business, I needed to do some stuff that I was uncomfortable with and, you know, and get, get, uh, get comfortable with certain things, you know, some, some of those kind of things. So actually now I enjoy speaking, which is funny, you know, now you've put me, when we, when we've spoken at the convention, I get mad at Omar cause he won't give me more time <laughs> out of his time. He's, you know, he, I want more, I want more time on the stage. He's know? hogging the time um, slot. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I, I guess these you know, 50,000 people want to hear from me, not you, Omar. <laughs> Shut up. Right, Look at talk. their faces. Can't you tell they want to hear from me? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, I, I am very, I believe, you know, I'm very blessed because I grew up in a house where people were always working towards something yeah. and then now my you know adult life and well, let's you know, look at it this way let's look at it this way Daniel like you're always afraid you know the thing is things you're afraid of have a power over you you know it's just like right. as soon as like it's kind of like a kryptonite you know the the things you're no good at you know well I'm no good at the you know like I'm no good at the uh, computer, you know, or I'm no good at, you know, the, those fancy phones, those smartphones. And, you know, and it, it's amazing, you know, like it wasn't that many years ago that Oprah didn't know how to do email. You know, let's, let's, let's be honest. Uh, raise your hand. If you can remember that, you know, Omo, uh, uh, Oprah learning email. I'm the one who taught Art Williams how to do, you know, email and on his iPad. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And the groom text and this, that, and the other. And, have, you know, and he'd want to hand to me. I said, no, you hold it. Now take and move it over there. And, you know, <laughs> but the thing is, you know, Oprah and Art are very fast learners. <laughs> Billion, billionaires are pretty fast learners, you know. And yeah. so uh, you don't have to. But, you know, they still need to be taught. We all need to be taught. But when you have a weakness, usually it it appears to be a scarier thing than uh, uh, in your mind than it really is. But when you get through that, don't you feel more empowered now? I mean, that, that fear of speaking doesn't have the power over you. It's not like, 
a weakness that you have, you know, that that's not a kryptonite to you anymore. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. When you overcome something, you feel that that. that know, and how did strength. you get yourself to do it? Yeah, yeah. Step by step. How did you, you just got drawn into it where, you know, you situations came up and you were talking and speaking more and you didn't even realize it. It just kind of naturally happened or what? Um, I would say there were two different times and I don't remember which came first, but one time we were, I had pretty much for a couple years would not speak. You know, Omar was getting asked to do schools at different, different places, different states. Yeah. You know, we would fly to the different states. Right. And so I would say I'll do like the little personal stuff, you know, one-on-one uh, -on -one kind of talks and stuff, you know, but not, please don't put me on stage. And so one time we went and did a school for Christian David and the night before um, the, the actual, you know, school, we were, we were eating dinner. And so he said to me, you're speaking, right? And I said, no, I, I said, I don't speak. And so he went through this whole thing about how, you know, you have a story that people need to hear and, you know, you've grown up in the business and you can talk about, you know, what it was like to, to grow up with goals and dreams and positive influences. And, and he said, you know, so you have so much you know, to share. And he said, so it's a shame not to share it. And so when I went back to the room, I was like, oh man, I guess, I guess I have to do it now. And uh, so I said to Omar, okay, tell Christian, I'll talk tomorrow. And, and so I, you know, I, I wrote down some stuff I prepared. And when I spoke, I, I felt really good about what I spoke about, you know, I felt really like I did a good job and I shared information that was really valuable. And so that really started to give me confidence. Um, and then we had, I think it, this came next, then we had like our year end um, awards. And so I said to Omar, okay, I'm ready to speak. You know, yeah. so he's like, how much time do you want? I was like, I don't know, don't time me, just let me talk, yeah. you know? And uh, so, so, and I, talked and I did a great job. I was very prepared, you know, and I, and then a lot of people came up to me afterwards and said, Oh, it's so great to hear from you and hear, you know, your views and, uh -huh. and you get to learn more about yeah. you. And so then little by little. Hey, listen, there's a lot of information online, but there aren't a lot of people who have actually done something. In my case, I've actually built a successful business that's accrued over $5 billion in assets under management and has done well even during trying times. Now, if you want to know exactly how I've done this, go to whiteellenwinning.com forward slash webinar now. I've compressed a decade of learning into five short weeks just for those of you who want to give yourself an incredible advantage and are tired of waiting and watching others move up. Yeah. When uh, it's important to note that when you were having the walk on the beach with Omar, you already had, a, he already had built a great organization and you had a great income more than most people will ever, uh, you know, the average person uh, would make, you know, a couple uh, hundred thousand dollars a year in a business of their own. It would seem like you already had the dream life, but the thing is you wanted to hammer down, that was, it was not fulfilling from what I'm here, because you were around, I mean, you know, you go to the office and you'd see him and you'd have lunch and you had things going on, but it's something different that when you're, you turn a business into an adventure 
and you get like, you know, you start, it becomes like, to me, it becomes like sports, you know, winning a championship. You know, when I grew up, I thought business was sitting in an office shuffling papers. And it was just like, I just couldn't imagine, you know, why people would do that because I grew up playing sports, not, not any good at it, you know, but, uh, you know, playing, (laughs) you know, it was, that's what I did, you know, outside we're playing whatever the sport of the season is. And uh, the idea of being in an office shuffling paper, but it was a big light bulb for me when I found out no business is sports, it's competition. You know, you're, you're, you're seeing how great, you know, you're putting teams together, you're in a different environment and uh, there's championships to win. There's breakthroughs to make. There's adventures going on and they're going on all over the world, you know? Uh, so it's like, it's like sports athletic competition on a global scale if you want to do that type thing. So what about yourself uh, would you say, how would you explain to people the uh thrill you know it's kind of like are you doing the business you're not doing the business for money now but you're doing it for the thrill of breakthroughs and to meet people you could never meet otherwise have experiences you otherwise could never have and really stretch your life out to uh you know, way beyond, you know, the thing about a comfort zone is that's what you can see. That's acceptable to you. You can make that happen. You don't have to extend yourself. I can go out and do that. You know, it's like going to the gym and I can lift five pound dumbbells, you know, no problem. I got this. I can see myself, you know, and, uh, but when you want, you know, to stretch yourself, you're not going to grow your muscles that way. In fact, you're going to, you can go to the gym and atrophy, uh, have your muscles shrivel up on you and you're doing all these workouts with these little tiny weights. But if you want to be strong and you want to keep your mind engaged in it, you've got to be going for something you haven't done before. It's something about uh, the way life is. And the sooner you get past the point of people making you feel bad about it because they're wrong, not you. Uh, you know, it's like uh, it's, you hear this all the time. Have, have you started playing golf out there at? Uh, yes. Oh, you have? Yes, Is, I have. Well, yes. well here's what, what you go through. Uh, you get out there, you get a score. You know, you start getting your handicap, start keeping up with your handicap. And then, you know, it's like people will say, good, you know, good Lord. You know, you you got a hand, handicap down at single digits now, you know, you're, are you shooting par? Uh, how good do you want to get? You know, you're never going to be a pro. What do you keep practicing and doing this, that, and the other? Well, what they don't understand is it's fun to improve. It's fun to do things you've never done before, even in a game like golf, you know? And uh, like, if you're shooting free throws, you know, it's just like, if I'm shooting a hundred free throws, how many out of a hundred can I make? How many a row can I make? You know? And it's just, it takes it from work. The thing about it is it takes it from work, just going through the motion of doing it to where it becomes fun. It becomes sport. It becomes an adventure. It's like you against yourself and you're, you're challenging yourself to see 
if you're good enough to move to that level. And basically that gives you more freedom and more confidence when you do break through to those levels, just like you getting past the speaking uh, issue. So talk about that. Like uh, as your business expands right now, what is the, the payoff for you other than money? Because I'm sure you're not paying attention to the money. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I think at some point it stops being about money, you know, I, I, and it's not never was never was all about right. money. I mean, it was about having the money, having freedom, being able to um, have, you know, so many choices and options, not having money, not having money be able to control our choices and options. That was really the immediate goal was we wanted to get to a place where we had a, enough money invested, enough money coming in, where our choices and our options were, you know, fairly unlimited when it came to money. And, you know, we didn't have to, to choose to do or not do based on money. Um, then you get to a point where, and even along the way, a lot of it too is the competition. You know, we would, we would go, you know, to trips and we would see there were times when we were winning all the awards. And then there were other times where we didn't win as many awards. And, you know, so then we would be like, oh, that's not a good feeling. We don't like the feeling of not winning, you know, 20 awards. And uh, obviously these other people are doing what they need to do. So we need to get back on it, um, you know, get back focused and uh, raise our game. And, you know, so that's even now, that's kind of where we're at as far as um, it's twofold. I think it's that we still want to compete. You know, we don't like to get to a level where we're not really, where we're just kind of like, okay, we're good, but we're not competing, you know, at the high level. And we, the more time and um, effort that we put into the business, I mean, there are lots of people in our business that need our help. You know, there's people in our office that need our help. There's people that have their own offices that, um, you know, that just us communicating with them or dropping in on them or, you know, doing a little meeting for them or calling them on the phone and, you know, different conversations that we can have that we can affect uh, changes in them or, uh, you know, give them, you know, some inspiration and some guidance. And, you know, so I think at, at a point it becomes more about, um, how many other people can you help to get to those levels that you're at, you know, you find such a sense of accomplishment when you have people open up their own office and then they grow and, you know, people that you've been very, very good friends with, you know, there's people that have been in our business for all the 20 years that we've been together, you know, or 10 years or 12 years. And, you know, so we're close with them. We're close friends with them. I'm, you know, we're the, I'm friends with the, the wife and, you know, we're close together. Like we, you know, know their kids and they know our kids. And so um, when we see them raising their game and raising, you know, growing their business and knowing that they have more options and opportunity because of the choices that they're making because of you know some some example that we have set that's a really amazing and it's more feeling. likely that they're going to have that growth in their career as long as you're continuing to push in your career because you you're setting the attitude and the tone and the direction for the company and if the company now starts to cool off 
and there's not as much talk and emphasis on growth in numbers and growth in expansion and territory. Uh, there are opportunities like, you know, they're pretty much going to be stuck in their spot, you know? And so right. it, right. it relates to keeping your people fired up too. You know, they, they, you know, I just, it's just always been easier for me to get uh, people excited about going for number one and going for a record. If you can't go for number one, at least go for a record, set a record. There's something exciting about setting a record, you know? And one thing I learned about sports uh, from playing sports in high school and growing up is like winning is better than losing. I learned winning is better, more fun, you know? For sure. Uh, I learned that lesson. Uh, I don't have to be professional athlete caliber person to learn uh, or to know that winning is better. And I also know that no matter what championships you've won in the past, what we're talking about is no matter how much and many successful years you guys have stacked in a row up till now, uh, if you go out, like if you won the Super Bowl, like Tom Brady ran the Super Bowl, you know, he's won 800 Super Bowls. He's still going to be madder than fire if he plays another year and they lose all their games. Or, you know, it's not going to be all right for him not to go back to the Super Bowl next year. You know, it's not going to be all right to lose. It's not going to be all right for him, no matter how Hall of Fame, quarterback. It's not all right. It's not going to be all right for him to have an interception next year. You know, it, it's because you want to win. And once you get that thing, that taste of winning, you want to fight for it because that's what validates the winning validates all the effort you've been putting in. And you, especially when you have a team, it validates it for all the people that, that help the team win, because maybe they couldn't go out and win a national championship by themselves, but they can make a contribution and they can wear the national championship Jersey. You know, they can win the, you know, they can feel part of the team, but the, and so the leader's got to be unapologetic in pushing forward and uh not let the naysayers back you off but on the other hand you can find things uh a ways of offloading time consuming annoying type stuff that's part of you being able to handle the bigger numbers and everything with staff and things like but you got to learn you got to develop that skill too how to delegate how to hire and it's an ongoing type thing you know i've i've always said i always want to keep enough of a business going where i can have a pretty big staff so that when my computer breaks my phone breaks uh i call somebody they fix it (laughs) you know if i've got to make a trip i call and i say you know uh have them make the trip you know if I, a car rental all the arrangement no call the off they do it if i go to the hotel and things are not right or if i you know i put the car charge card in and it doesn't go through all i, I just dial somebody and say you know boom 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 boom, boom. you know and uh otherwise you got to h- handle all of this stuff yourself but uh how what how's your staffing uh, you know as you've expanded now how has your staff what kind of staff and help do you have um, we have in our office, we have two full-time people that, you know, they're, they're fully devoted to um, everything in the business. They handle everything in the office and every, like you said, anything that we need that, you know, that 
anything goes wrong, any right. challenges we have, any, you know, the client and uh, anytime clients call, any of that stuff is handled by our two office managers who are amazing. And um, Vanessa and Audrey, yeah. <laughs> give them a little shout out. So they're really awesome. They've been with us for a really long time. They know, you know, exactly what we need. And, and then we have also um, Luce, who works with us here at home. Uh, she's here with us every day, five days a week. And she does everything at the house. You know, she's amazing. She's been with us also 16, 17 years. We actually found her when we lived in the townhouse. Oh. And so she's just, she's like part of our family. And, but she, she handles, you know, everything at the house. She does all the groceries. She does all the errands, little errands and that kind of stuff. So she helps me a lot. Yeah. And so the thing is, you can always staff up, you know, as you're growing and you'll know to do that uh, when you get there. You know, it's like no yeah. one had to tell you about hiring. Was it loose? Uh, yeah. You know, no one had to hire you. Uh, uh, I mean, tell you about that. It just it kind of comes to you, folks. So these these things as you're living the life, a lot of these light bulbs will go on. But and the reason they're not going on now is maybe you don't need them, you know, but your you know, your subconscious will will turn on a switch in your mind when you need it, because you'll either have the answer or you'll know what question to ask to somebody to get the answer, uh, to solve the problem, to keep moving forward. But what would you, how would you, uh, what would you say to the people that are at a point in their life where uh, they want, uh, you know, they don't really need to keep pushing. What's the what, what would you say to them as a last word? We'll wrap this up. That, well, let's just talk about, you, you know, your, the ability to give out and help other people. You know, the, the richness of being able to give back and help other people, not only make the trips you want, be able to support the causes you want and do things like that. That only comes because you've kept pushing. You have this excess you've created, uh, you know, discretionary time, discretionary income, where you can now decide where the money's going to go, where your time is going to go, either personally uh, to recharge as a family or to go out and get behind some of these, you know, people, you know, you got doctors that uh, uh, fly to countries all over the world on their time off, you know, a week or two at a time to do free surgery, here and uh you know really in all specialties but they only can do that because the success they have that allows them that independence so what would you say as a a, a final thing what 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 is the to you the biggest advantage of continuing to keep this momentum because i know you guys have had a spectacular growth year uh in spite of the uh covid and the quarantine uh what is the advantage of, as you're looking at your business now, after a huge growth year like you've had and gives you the, the energy to want to keep that going, how would you explain that uh, to people that are coming up the ladder? Um, I would say that it, it's great to get to a level where you're good. You know, it's great to get your business to a level where your family is comfortable and you have, you know, all the things that you feel like you need. Um, but that isn't the level where you can start to really affect other people. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a big difference between being good, your own family being good and 
getting to a level where, you know, you have really so much resources and so much time that you can see where you want to put those resources. You know, yeah. I, I have a lot of time. Yeah. So, you know, not only am I able to be there for my kids all the time, you know, pick them up everywhere, drive them everywhere, you know, go to every event that they have, not ever miss anything. But I'm also able to spend a ton of time. Omar jokes like I'm like a, you know, full-time employee that doesn't get paid at the school, you know, because yeah. I am able. And that brings me joy that I can do stuff at the school that I can, um, you know, help out the school, help out the teachers, help out, you know, the other kids, do things that are fun for the kids um, and being able to, um, to give it our church, you know, give plenty of money to the church where we're, you know, helping out different charities and, and then also being able to have that time where we're able to continue to help develop other leaders. And, you know, that, that it's all, all part of being able to help not just your own family, but other families, you know, because you really can't, until you get to a certain level, you really can't, uh, you know, you can't really, really inspire anybody else, right? right? You have to get to a level where you're, where other people look at you like, wow, what you guys have done is really great. So if you're going to talk, I'm going to listen to you, Yeah, you know? So, and I think that that's really, that's what keeps us going is that it's really, we're at that point where it's just, it's fun to keep growing. You know, it's fun to keep competing. It's fun to, to, you know, we don't like to lose. Right. Like you said, winning is more fun than losing. So we want to keep winning and we want to continue to be at a, a place where we're able to, you know, to help other people, to inspire other people, to, um, you know, when people, people need some, some, uh, support, you know, and they can call us and kind of, you know, we can walk them through how to get through the challenges they're going through. Um, so that's what keeps us going, I think. Yeah. And the thing is, it's just such a joy to be, uh, to inspire other people. And, you know, your past success, like people who have retired, they've been successful in business or whatever, and people know them, you know, there's a certain inspiration of hearing them talk or meeting them in person. But like, let's just say golf, you know, Jack Nicklaus was always very inspiring, uh, even when he retired, you know, when he couldn't play that much, uh, more or less retired, you know, he retired from the full schedule. But he wasn't nearly as inspiring as it was when in, in 1984, he played, I think it was 84, he, he played in the Masters and won the Masters at age 44. You know, like he inspired a whole lot uh, more people when he actually went out there and he was red hot and playing. And so the thing is, when you're red hot and you're, you know, if you have this ability that you've developed that's made your sex, set yourself successful why not use it you know that's what you're the best at you know pass that right. on you that you right. earned the chance to be that good like you said not just good in the sense of taking care of your family but to really when you can communicate things that people need to hear you could be a difference maker that is very very rewarding and that's why you spend you see so many people that are successful giving back looking for places where they can help because it's just a real joy to be able to inspire other people and see them win uh, and go out and have success be, uh, 
after you've spent a little time with them. Of course, all they get all the credit, but you know, to have a chance to to be a little part of that and uh, to get up close and personal with that whole journey is just rewarding. And uh, uh, so many benefits of being. Well, I'll say this. There's so many insane benefits from staying on the attack, continuing to make uh, knock down barriers, learn new skills, uh, uh, expand to where you've never been before, meet new people, new motivated people. But I just don't know of any advantages of uh, shuttering your doors and cooling off. And, you know, if you have a car, it's, you know, you need to crank that sucker and go somewhere. Uh, you know, your car sitting in the garage uh, is not a lot of fun. You know, all these guys have all these luxury cars are sitting in a garage warehouse. That's great. But most of the time they're, you know, it's like a tree in the forest, whoever sees it. So the thing is, you know, get yourself cranked, stay cranked and go out there and see what kind of adventures uh, are out there because that's where the real joy and payoff is. And thanks for explaining this. You, you, you want to say uh, one last thing in parting? Um, I, one last thing that I, as you're talking, I thought of too, is that, you know, with us, we have middle school kids, right? So the, another benefit for us staying engaged and staying focused is that they get to watch that at their age, ah, you know, because if we just kind of relaxed back and, and weren't really working towards anything. These are the years, in my opinion, these are like the most important years, you know, their teenage years, their high school years. So the longer that Omar and I can keep working towards goals and dreams and have vision and, you know, that we're able to, to really uh, keep impacting our kids, I think, which is really important, you know, to show them that that's really how you're supposed to be in life. You, you know, you need to keep working and keep striving. Great point. Thanks so much for adding that, Danielle. You've been uh, so much fun to talk with. Wish you the best. And uh, we'll have to bring you back down the road and, and see how, see what you're learning. See what your uh, what life is teaching you as you guys continue to go out and compound and grow and even double your business. You know, next time we talk, you'll probably be in all 50 states with your business and uh, it'll be probably international too. So it'll be fun to, uh, to catch up down the road. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. If you enjoyed what you've heard and are dead serious about finding out for yourself exactly how this works in the real world, I've taken the most valuable business lessons I've learned over 40 years and put them into something for you to watch. Go to whiteellenwinning.com forward slash webinar now in order to move up as fast as possible. I'm Larry Whitell, and I run the Million Dollar Mastermind. Go, go, go.